Hello, and welcome to the News Cycle. I'm Jihan Moon, and I'll be your host for today. It's Monday, January 4th. The coronavirus vaccine distribution has begun. Select Davis community members have received the first dose. Local physician P.T. Koenig and DaVinci senior Jenna Shepard are among them. I work in the retirement home over in West Davis, the university retirement community, and the whole place there was all the first people to get vaccinated. Since we have like a full medical staff there, we do twice weekly COVID testing anyways. So during our normal COVID testing, they just had a nurse there who was also had the vaccine of just vaccinating people. They had us fill out kind of a brief vaccine and health questionnaire online for Sutter. And then um, we just waited for a call. You could almost feel the joy in the room that they were, you know, giving people this vaccine that we'd been looking forward to. And, um, you know, they went through some information again with us, got the shot and had to wait for 15 minutes uh, before we left. Pretty straightforward. This week, I interviewed Yolo County Manager of Public Affairs, Jenny Tan, about the county's plan for distributing the coronavirus vaccine. First off, could you talk to me about the current vaccine situation within Yolo County? So the vaccine situation is really fluid. Um, The state provides us with guidelines of who's in what phase and who's in the tiers. You know, they're in talks with healthcare professionals and scientists and the CDC. So we're mostly following along with what the state has set out for us. So currently we're in phase 1A tier one and tier one has about four bullets and we're currently in the second bullet. So the first bullet was our hospital acute care staff. So they have been vaccinated those that wanted them, right? Um, The second bullet is our senior care and long-term care facilities. So this started last week and it's continuing this week and next week where we are um, working with all the facilities to get the vaccines to these different locations. It'll be for the staff and also for the residents. And again, it's not, the vaccine is not mandatory. So it's those people that want to get it. Uh, We're going to be starting on bullet three, which is like our paramedics and our EMTs and our firefighters, other uh, emergency service workers. I believe they're going to be starting next week as well. So we're kind of slowly moving through um, tier one. All of the tiers go in order. So we can't start phase one A tier two until phase one A tier one is done. We're not likely to start tier two until I think maybe mid or late January, just kind of looking at our schedule, but that could change, right? It, it really depends on the facilities. It depends on how many people get vaccinated at each facility. So we could move a lot faster. We could move a lot slower. Um, it also depends on how many vaccines we get. So we've gotten um, a good number of vaccines in already. We've gotten, I think about Uh, 1,900 of the Pfizer vaccines and about, I think, 2,500 of the Moderna vaccines. Mm -hmm. The Pfizer vaccines are 21 days apart, and then the Moderna vaccines are 28 days apart. So there's a lot of logistics that kind of happens on our end because, right, we're getting one vaccine in, and then we have to wait for the second dose, and then we also have to do the logistics for getting the second dose to these people as well. Um, So there's just a lot of kind of work that's involved, and I think it's been said in the news, right, like, hey, how come we only have 
vaccinated 2 million people out of 11 million doses, right? Well, it's because there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes to um, work with these facilities, to make sure that, you know, we have the staff that are trained to mix and give the doses, right? There's special instructions that are involved. Um, and then also schedule times with them because when we defrost or when we take the vaccines out of the refrigerator, there's only a certain amount of time that they're viable. So obviously we wanna make sure that if we take out X amount of doses that there's X amount of people at that facility to take it. Plus the facility has to notify their staff and residents, hey, who's gonna get a vaccine, which day your um, schedule, right? They have to do all that back end stuff to make sure that that's happening. So it's kind of um, a fluid process that we're in, right? We get direction from the state. You know, we've been getting the vaccines from the um, companies, but then it takes time to figure out how to actually do that on our end, make sure that we're doing things safely, that we're making sure that everyone who wants to get a vaccine gets one. Um, so, you know, where we ask that people be a little bit patient, right? We're not at the general public yet. Um, and when we get to a tier or a group where they're not in a facility. So, you know, right now it's a little bit easier because like nursing facilities, right? We can go to that facility and then start um, vaccinating people. But when we start to do like teachers, for example, you know, does that mean we're working at each school district, right? Each school site, or are we doing maybe like a drive-through clinic, right? Like figuring out the details with that industry or sector to make it as easy as possible. Or, you know, for those that are 75 and older, there are gonna be some that are really, that are immobile and can't leave their house. So we need to figure out a way of how to like give them the vaccine if they want it, right? How to safely maybe go to their house um, while also protecting the health of the person who's giving the shot. So there's just a lot of things that are involved on the back end, um, but we are starting the process. We have kind of turned that corner, um, but the public does need to be, I think, a little patient as we kind of go through all of these phases. There are several testing sites, of course, throughout Yale County. How are each testing sites, how are they connected to the county? So um, for the most part, I know of three different types of testing sites. So there's the ones that Healthy Davis Together does, right? Those are mostly in Davis or at the Mandavi Center and the Davis Senior Center. Um, those are the city and the colleges, like it's a collaboration between the two of them. Um, we work together with them to kind of help them figure out, you know, how to get that started. Um, all of their positive cases get sent to the state and then also get added to our dashboard numbers. Um, the negative cases or the negative tests, I think we're still working out with the state how that gets added to our dashboard. Um, there's just a, a lot of backend stuff that's happening with it, but all the positive cases at the very least are added to our dashboard. Um, so those are happening. I think they do it like Monday through Friday, different times. Um, and then there are the county ones that we run um, that are um, kind of like all over the county. So we do like one in Davis at the Davis Senior Center on Mondays. We also do once a month, um, like in winters and in Esparto. Um, 
uh, Knight's Landing, some of the uh, uh, smaller Clarksburg, some of the smaller communities. And then the third one is uh, the OptumServe site, which is the state's run site. So I think like in April or May of this year, the state wanted to provide um, additional testing, especially in, in communities that were harder to reach. And so we also work with the staff that are there. We also help them with which sites to go to. Um, so essentially the OptumServe site has been in a location that um, we haven't been, uh, that we think people would need the most use in. So it's been like in West Sacramento, it's been in Woodland. Since we do the testing in Davis weekly and then now Healthy Davis together, we, did, we felt like we didn't need to have OptumServe in Davis as well. Uh, the OptumServe site uh, does require that we try to hit a certain uh, utilization percentage. So they want us to make sure that, you know, I think it's like 80% of the time it's being utilized. And so that's why we tend to put it in a larger city like Woodland or West Sacramento, where there is a population that would we'd use it pretty regularly. Um, so those are the, the main sites. The county sites, we also work with like Ellicott in West Sacramento. So we consider that like one of our sites because they're using our tests, you know, we've been working and partnering with them. The news cycle is produced by the Blue Devil Hub in collaboration with the Davis Enterprise. Katrina Hawes and Jihan Moon are the producers. Our theme music is by Daniel Ruiz Jimenez. Thank you for listening. See you next week, Davis.